Welcome to the Carolina Contractor Show with your host, General Contractor Donnie Blanchard. Brought to you by GAF, we protect what matters most, and Mid-Atlantic Roofing Supply. And welcome to the Father's Day edition of the Carolina Contractor Show. My name is Eric Smith. Across from me, General Contractor Donnie Blanchard. It's weird. We're like 10 years apart, yeah. but our families are almost similar in the, in right. the kid way. Your son's older than my son. How right. old's your son? 19. 19. So I've got a 16-year-old, right? but I've got two girls, and they are almost 13 and 11, and you've got- 13 and 10. 13 and 10, and we've already agreed yeah. our oldest daughters would be fast friends. <laughs> right. And our youngest daughters will bail each other out of jail sometime in the future. <laughs> or call dad. No, we love our kids. We're, we're thankful for Father's Day and the appreciation. And if uh, you're a dad out there, happy Father's Day weekend and, and make it last the entire month. Now, the Carolina Contractor is the show and we, we like to talk about our families and things like that. But we really like to talk about your house. So start off with the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. We've got all the links to past shows and podcasts. We've got videos there. We've got Facebook links. If you want to interact with us socially through social media, we've got links there. And we've got the very popular Ask the Contractor question. And next week, we're mm-hmm. going to do a special show. Yep. Catch up on the questions. We're just going to do questions that you've sent us. Here's how it works. When you go to the webpage, you'll see this little Ask the Contractor button. And as I mentioned earlier, Donnie is a general contractor. So if you have a question about your house, submit it there. And then he's going to get them all. He researches them, gives an answer to it. The problem is our shows get long and we never have time for those questions. So next week, we're going to do nothing but questions. So you have time to submit one. So hit the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. Enough of that. Let's clear that off the plate, Donnie. You've got some interesting news, including um, taxes. Right. I don't know how interesting it is. Uh, (laughs) Maybe painful for some of the local folks, but um, I read on the news where city of Raleigh voted to raise property taxes by two cents on every $100 of assessed value this week. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks always look at a uh, tax hike as a bad thing, but if there's something positive about this is that this is going to significantly increase the police and firefighter pay. So they, uh, the city approved a $1.1 billion budget, and uh, that was a big part of the budget. And I yeah. really like uh, the thought of taking care of the law enforcement and folks who risk their life to save yours. I think that's very worthy. Now, did you do the math? Because when you say <laughs> a, a couple pennies for every right. $100, I don't do math on the Carolina Contractor Show. The brains of the show is Donnie. I'm the beauty. So Yowzers. what would that be? Um, yeah, I did do the math. Um, I couldn't help myself. But I think uh, just for easy math, about a, on a $350,000 house, you'll end up paying about $70 more per year. So it's not a killer, but it's just more money. Yeah, and I think if it truly does go to firefighters and police, I'm fine with that. Yes, sir. Now, we don't talk politics unless it affects the building industry or your house or energy costs. And guess what? Politics is affecting everything when it comes to building and housing and your energy costs. And Donnie, Joe Biden, the president, announced last week that, Mm -hmm. what are the executive orders Uh he put out? Okay, you know the details of these, and you can explain what the president is doing and how it'll affect business and building and things like that. Right. These came in under the Defense Production Act, so I don't understand how that act ties to uh, what we're about to talk about. But um, basically, they are passing these orders so that we can manufacture clean energy technology, more so domestically, meaning here in the United States. And they're, uh, basically, their goal is to boost clean energy construction projects. And so their intention or the way they worded this was that they intend to expand manufacturing of critical, uh, you can't see me on the airways doing my quotation marks with my hands it's here. It's pretty cool looking though. <laughs> but critical clean energy tech, and it basically puts the financial power of the federal government behind the clean energy. And uh, anytime you hear that the federal government's taken over another 
uh, facet of life, it sounds a little scary to me. No, 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 not at all, Donnie. It'll go off without a hitch. Right. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. (laughs) Um, But they're basically trying to boost uh, solar panel supplies, and they're promoting solar projects, which is no secret. They've been putting that out there. But one thing I did not know is that uh, the majority of our uh, solar panels and, and solar panel parts come from Cambodia, Malaysia, Thailand, and Vietnam. And my understanding is there's a heavy tariff on uh, when they import that stuff. And with these four countries being 80% of our supply, wow. you know, I, I really think that this was something important and, and something that they address that's really going to help out. A lot of these things are just fluff for political gain, but I think this one's really going to help. The president said the reason he's doing this is to increase domestically manufactured clean mm-hmm. energy technology. Right. It's interesting. We want to be independent, energy independent, but we're depending right. on these other countries to build these things. Right. I'm kind of speechless at that. Right. We're missing the big elephant in the room. Manufacture local. Right. I agree with that. And what we talked about off the air, you made a really good point about how uh, it takes petroleum-based products to, to build these solar panels. Yes. We need oil to build solar panels right. and, and raincoats and, and boots. Yeah. Uh, some of the products that they outline that they will be bringing over here or producing more over here are solar panel parts, like I mentioned before, but mm-hmm. uh, things like building insulation. I know in my world, insulation is sky high right now. Yeah. Uh, my insulation contractor, he and I are good friends and he won't let me hold him to a price because his uh, price on his materials fluctuates so much just from month to month. Every time Donnie's uh, insulation guy comes up to him, he hugs Donnie and cries a little and says, hey, man, before I talk to you, give me a hug. (laughs) That's pretty much how it goes. Now, kind of the same in the roofing world. When I get a a call from the big guy that I buy my shingles from, I know he's not calling me to shoot the breeze. You know, it's like, hey, I don't know if you've heard, but there's a price increase coming down the pipe. And, you know, unfortunately, we have to pass that on to uh, the homeowner, but there's nothing anybody can do about it. And things just don't seem to get cheaper. Which is the other example of no matter when government says, hey, we're going to put a tax on big, bad business. Right. You, the individual, are going to pay that tax. Right. Just to finish out this list, another thing is that uh, they're going to be producing more heat pumps domestically. And heat pumps, like we talked about on the All Electric show last week or the last few weeks, that heat pumps are the electric version of you know heating and cooling your house versus the gas pack as the alternative. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that they're going to make is just any equipment that that makes and uses clean energy generated fuels. Uh, and the last thing to round out the list is that anything that's critical to power grid infrastructure like transformers, things like that, are going to be produced domestically. And I will say that um, you know with some of the houses I have going now. It's a it's a real task just to get underground power from Duke Energy out there. And I have a really close contact at Duke Energy, and he said, man, we just can't get the transformers. So a few weeks ago in Wilson, we had a straight-line storm come through, and I sent you a couple pictures right. of it. It knocked down like a dozen of the big power line and poles onto the road, mm-hmm. on the main road, Forest Hills. And I was talking to a guy who works with the city, and he said they've got up temporary poles because even telephone poles mm-hmm. are hard to get. And he said, transformers, he said, we've used all our backup transformers. I said, well, what if a hurricane hits this season? He goes, get a generator now. Wow, that's very scary. He said that the transformer issue is bad enough where you're trying to buy and trade mm-hmm. from other places throughout the country, and they're holding on to it because their supply is dropping. Well, I'm glad they signed these the executive orders, but it almost feels like they did it about a year too late, you know? All right, enough of that. There's something else you want to talk about today, which I think is really cool because you're familiar with concrete. Most people would go, 
concrete and exciting, they don't mix. But this is actually cool because of another supply issue. Yeah, my eyes are always open for a new green product. And, you know, a lot of these are just not realistic or they're too expensive or we don't have the resources just to use it in everyday life. But I do see this one as being something that that could really catch on in the next, say, decade or so. But uh, there's a Colorado-based zero-carbon research company. I think the name is Prometheus Materials. Which right there makes them cool. (laughs) It does. Sounds good. Uh, But they're using this uh, algae to create a, a greener binding agent in concrete. So uh, right now, Portland Cement is the existing binding agent. And I never knew Portland Cement was not environmentally friendly. But uh, apparently, um, when they take away this Portland Cement, uh, that pretty much removes the uh, typical chemical reaction that turns the cement into concrete. So instead, they're plugging in this algae-based mixture, and it undergoes a dehydration process instead of the chemical reaction. And that causes everything to bind. People might think, big deal. How's that relate to cement? They don't realize the supply issue. Right. Cement is one of the most used building materials in the world. And I didn't realize this, but environmentally, it has a big cost. The creation process alone is responsible for 8% of all carbon dioxide emissions in the world. Mm. That's a big number, man. Right. And uh, concrete consumes 10% of the world's uh, water supply. And I want to say it burns through the sand supply at about the same percentage. And that's a big deal. We were talking about this off the air. You made a funny comment. You said you can't grow sand. But when you start with that Portland cement, you're already behind the eight ball in terms of uh, uh, being in the carbon hole. And it's almost impossible to get to zero carbon at that point, which is you know everybody's big goal. But with this algae creation process, it basically uses water, sunlight, and carbon dioxide. And this is what got my attention. But it creates this bio cement similar to the base material that coral uses. So if you ever held a piece of coral, yeah. felt how hard that is. But it, it's something similar. And it also compares this to the way oysters generate their shape. So oyster shells hard, corals hard, and this concrete would be similar in nature. But I just think that that's something that sounds like it will really work. So if a supplier is running out of sand Mm -hmm. and a customer is trying to buy it and complains, could the supplier tell them to pound sand? They could very well say that. I don't know if they'd put that in writing, but they could say it. Can't sell sand, but you can pound it. All right. It it gets hot. We've had hot weather. It seems like it got hotter earlier this year. Luckily, I have a pool, not rubbing it in, but I've had some extra time to enjoy it. And I just want to say with hot weather comes issues with your house and what keeps us cool, your HVAC. So one of the things we want to talk about also today on the Carolina Contractor Show is what to do when it comes to your house during the summer. And HVAC comes first to my mind. So we can start there, Donnie. Absolutely. And I think we called this a year or so ago that this is the dead horse that we beat on the show that I always say, have your HVAC unit serviced. Depending on where you live, it could be 100, 125 bucks. Mm -hmm. And I say at the very least, always get this thing checked uh, when it turns from hot to cold or cold to hot. And people say, well, why do I need it? What all do they do when they come out? Um, The main thing is they check your refrigerant. And of course, that keeps everything uh, working like it's supposed to. But they check other things like your operating pressure. They check all your capacitors and compressors. Uh, They check the amperage on all your loads. Uh, So basically your compressor, your fans, anything that's moving, um, they check all, all the amperage to that. Uh, They clean the coils outdoor on your condenser unit, which is something I'll talk about more in just a minute. But Mm -hmm. they blow out your condensation lines, which is a common thing uh, that can stop up this time of the year. Or at least, you know, every few years you have a problem with that. The DIY part of this that you could check yourself is uh, you could vacuum out those condenser drains. Like I just mentioned, I have a small shop vac and it seems to fit on that PVC just perfect. So I hit mine every couple of years just to make sure. And I haven't had any problems in a decade. I had that same issue at my house, and you just don't pay attention to mm-hmm. know if the condensation's coming out the tube that goes out your house. Right. And when they came in, he had a DeWalt battery-operated <laughs> little shop vac. He put it on the end of that small, what is that, right. half-inch or one-inch yeah. PVC? Yep. 
fit on perfectly. And that's how he cleaned it. And he said, you can do your, this yourself, do it twice a year. Absolutely. Definitely a DIY project. Um, speaking of DIY, there, there are a few things you can do as far as checking the air temperature coming out of the supplies. If you're calling for 68 or 70 degree air, you can take the little thermometer gun like they used on everybody's yeah. forehead for a year. Uh, and, you know, just, just point it at the register, whether it be on the ceiling or the floor and, uh, measure the air going into the return and the air coming out of the supply and see how those compare. Uh, if you've got a big discrepancy there, you want to get a heating and air contractor out ASAP. Like we mentioned with the condensation drain, you always want to just put eyes on that thing and make sure there's water coming out of that in the summer. If not, you know, it could be a blockage problem or it could be a low refrigerant problem and uh, definitely uh, need for a heating and air contractor there. But and not to interrupt, Donnie, what can happen if your HVAC system isn't maintained? They can overheat. So if they don't have enough refrigerant, that, that overheating uh, will cause a premature compressor failure. And um, uh, if you don't have the proper amperage, we mentioned the amps could be off. You know, the, a weak capacitor makes the motor pull too many amps. Mm-hmm. And uh, that could overheat, and that's a forty dollar part. So just like I said, one hundred twenty five bucks a couple times a year uh, could really keep you from having to spend the big bucks to replace the whole unit. All right, what are some of the things that fall into the category of homeowner serviceable? Because anytime there's electricity involved, mm-hmm. especially when it's two twenty, mm-hmm. I don't like to do that. Same. But there's there's some things I'm sure we can do that I would have never thought of. Right. Um, I touched on as far as vacuuming out the uh, condensation drain, because that's usually the most common problem that you have in the summer is a blockage yeah. there uh, or low refrigerant. But um, change your filter. I know that's a no brainer, but uh, post pollen season, you really need to change your filter out and be aggressive about that. Clear any landscaping away from your condenser unit. You know, that thing's easy to forget about. And you walk around your house and if the uh, shrubbery is grown up around that, you know, you just don't probably look in that direction, but keeping everything out of contact with that mm-hmm. uh, is a good idea. You can use a blower or a just a water hose because, of course, they're waterproof and spray off anything uh, or just basically clean the condenser unit coils. And uh, don't use a pressure washer. Don't. Yeah. yeah. But some people would think, oh, right. I really clean it. I believe there are coil. I don't know the veracity of these. Right. The sprays, they're like cleaning sprays. You yep. spray on, let them soak and then rinse with water. Right. Okay. Yeah, not a bad idea there. And like I said, these things are waterproof, so they can take just about everything but the high pressure, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell folks all the time, if you're really serious about this, and, and uh, you could take a photo of the tag on your condenser unit and Google your model number and just basically do the math on your tonnage. We've talked about this uh, on several shows, but most heating and air units are sized to be 600 square feet per ton. So 1,200 square feet uh, you need two-ton unit. And Lord, math, no. <laughs> another indicator is if you notice that your unit runs all the time, uh, it's usually a uh, a sign that it's been undersized, so you don't have enough tonnage for the square footage. But the other side of that coin is if you notice that your house is humid or you know you always have sticky air inside, it's a good indicator that your unit may be oversized. A lot of the heating and air contractors that uh, don't do the calculations right. If they oversize your unit, that means that it cycles on and off too fast to remove the humidity from the air. So you've got all this power and force that will uh, get you to the called for temperature that much faster. But Mm -hmm. if it doesn't dehumidify the air, that's a big problem. Right. And then our favorite thing about HVAC systems, if you haven't done it already, join the the 2022 uh, programmable thermostats. Yeah. These are a big deal, and this is probably the biggest money saver with the quickest payback in your house. And I think the uh, calculation is every degree that you go up saves 3% on your utilities. So if you're at work all day and you let your unit and you set your unit to go 74, 75 degrees and then, you know, return to 70 at the 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock mark, you know, that percentage really adds up. And the last thing on my list is 
insulate. So we always talk about checking to see if you have adequate insulation. Of course, in your attic, it's uh, R38 is the code minimum, and your floor system, R19 is your code minimum, and in your wall system, R13 is the code minimum, but you can get an R15 in a 2x4 wall cavity, but that insulation really is a big contributor to how your heating and air works. And, and now with inflation and energy costs, we've moved our thermostat. Have you adjusted yours, or are you still at the same place? Uh, we're still pretty close to the same place. So we've adjusted ours over the past few weeks, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but in our house, mm-hmm. we're surviving on 75, 76. Mm-hmm. But if you do it for a week, you can actually get used to having a thermostat for your AC during the summer set in the mid-70s, and the advantage is you talked about 20-degree range mm-hmm. is how mm-hmm. much uh, the system can cool your house off of. Exactly. Well, if you're sitting there at 98 or something like that, your system's just going to run all day trying to get it to 72 and it might never reach it. Right. All right. uh, Other things we got to talk about today. And I think this is kind of interesting. We've talked about parts of your house. Mm -hmm. We've talked about things that affect your energy bill on your house, but what about the house itself? And a crazy housing market has been going on for the past two years or so. Uh, Pictures weren't even up and they'd have a buyer and the market just took off. And now we're hearing because of inflation, interest rates, there's a drop off on construction and there might be some breathing room, but the triangle is not one of those areas. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that central North Carolina will be one of the most immune markets in the country. And with all the new businesses coming here, you know, the job creation is going to be a thing. Those people are going to have to have somewhere to live. And I think that's just going to keep our market sustained. But uh, I don't think that's going to be the case outside of central North Carolina. When you get into some of the smaller towns, I think we're really going to see a drop off. But um you know, as long as it's high demand and low inventory, that's going to keep the price point about where it is. I, I don't foresee that uh, going down, but I do think that there's going to be more deals than we've seen in the last year, year and a half. Is housing crash maybe a, a, a too rough of a word on that or yeah. what's it tied to? Is it tied to like the lending aspect also? Yeah. Um, well, a lot of people are comparing this to, oh, it's going to be just like it was in 2008 when the bottom fell out and uh, I did a little digging on that, and and basically mortgage providers they're they're way more strict than they were, and uh, they have rules in place that prevent defaults, and and they don't do risky subprime mortgages like they did at that point. Right. And um, like I said, the housing supply is still super low, and it probably won't catch up for a few years. So that's gonna uh, hold everything together. And I, I just don't. Uh, there there are two schools of thought, and then some people are saying, hey, it's right around the corner, but. Uh, just from what I'm seeing, there are still people calling me about building their house. And even with the high interest rate, you know, uh, we're probably going to be booked out going into next year. So uh, the new construction market seems to be okay. I just think that, um, you know, folks that flip houses or buy for rental properties, I think those are going to start to open up a little more. And um, like the folks that did the 50-50 flip mm-hmm. show with us. Be polite. Yeah, they, uh, they bought, I want to say, 11 houses last week. Yeah, they had something on their Instagram. That's right. Yeah. And they will and deal with other people who are big-time property owners. So, you mm-hmm. know, you have people who've been uh, landlords and, and own rental properties for 30, 40, 50 years, and they're just aging out. It's that simple. And uh, when you have somebody over there that can take, you know, 10, 20 of your inventory and just buy them all in one fell swoop, all they want to do is get rid of them. They've That's made right. their money, you know. By the way, we've had them on the show before. They've got one new season coming up. Yep, season two. I think they start filming in September, so we'll have – yeah, we'll try to get them on the show again. They're great. And if you really want to find somebody who flips houses and the reason is so good, yeah, check out Be Polite Properties. Now, some of this, how you wrote it, Donnie, sounds very um, dark, <laughs> but it's kind of like some warning. No, it's not warnings. It's good advice. And sometimes good advice sounds mm-hmm. scary. And you've got all these things in bold. 
The first one is if you aren't in an area of high growth, yep. sell now. Now, do you mean sell now or take advantage of the price of your house? Yes, take advantage. I don't know that the, the home values, like I mentioned, they will sustain. Uh, it'll still be more than you want to pay for a house, but I don't think that uh, the days are going to continue where you're getting a ridiculous amount over. And so people are uh, selling their house because they know the market is just so darn good. But I think with that interest rate hike, um, that's cut out a lot of that because yeah, last week another point yep. seven five. Yes, the uh, first time since two thousand four ninety four they've right. done three quarter of a point hike. Yeah, exactly, and it went over six percent. I want to say that was a day or so ago. So and the the average mortgage rate? Yes, it was six point one eight. I want to say and a year ago we were two and change. Yes, exactly. My dad, uh, rest his soul, if he was here, would go six percent. What are you complaining mm-hmm. about? He was back in what late seventies, uh, mid seventies. Mm-hmm. It was like twenty percent for right. mortgage. Yeah. So it can get a lot worse, not to scare you, but don't but don't be scared of 6%, but it adds up over time a couple points. It does. I think we mentioned that every point adds 20,000 on 100, so, you know, there are folks on an average house, they end up spending, you know, quarter million extra dollars over the life of a 30-year mortgage if you want to go that route now and uh, it doesn't sting as bad on a smaller house, so I think we're going to, mm-hmm. you know, maybe try to crank out some specs in some smaller houses now because I feel like those will still move. But, um, you know, the, the, the naysayers who say this is going to be really bad in six months to a year, you know, they're, they're also talking about that the federal reserve is not going to step in and cut rates no. and print money. Uh, when they stepped in and they cut these rates, it pretty much propped everything up just for a few false years there. And, uh, they, they're claiming that's not going to happen. And they're going to tame inflation and it's not going to be pretty how they're going to try to do it. Exactly. Um, one of the experts that I really like, he always seems to be on point and everything he mentions usually comes true. Uh, but his point, his graph that got my attention was that, you know, inflation's at 8.6% compared to 3.6% unemployment. And so when those numbers are that far apart, they need to get closer together for things to ease up. So, yeah. uh, the federal reserve is going to keep tightening and tightening and increasing rates until they see those two numbers look a little more similar. I never knew there was a comparison there. I think that's what more than entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> we're educational too, right? It, uh, it, but yeah, that's the, if the feds are looking at at one thing, those are the two big numbers that they're keeping in their sights that kind of are steering this whole uh, interest rate hike. And um, this the same guy, he also worded something really interesting when he said that there's two different recessions happening at the same time, and and this is why he claims that there's a big time asset crash coming. And uh, assets, meaning you know, uh, people who are super wealthy have all these uh, this property. He's saying that there, there's going to be a reckoning in that area, but a white collar recession is one that he claims it, it pretty much vaporizes the the net worth of the wealthy. And um, this is super wealthy people. And this is recession number one that he mentioned, but recession number two is what he calls a blue collar recession. And this is basically just that there's a decline in consumer confidence and spending. And, you know, and, and just the construction roofing world, we're seeing that a little bit, which is why we are uh, promoting our finance programs mm-hmm. and things like that, because uh, consumer confidence is at a is at a low. Uh, when Ukraine got invaded, I definitely saw uh, a downturn in phone calls, and mm-hmm. you know, then interest rates, gas goes up. Uh, people are talking about inflation and and groceries going up. Uh, you know, you just don't want to spend the money on things like a roof or a, an expensive item like a heating and air system. Or you think you can't, and that's why. Real quick, we want to make sure people are aware. You can now finance a roof through SureTop Roofing. So mm-hmm. if you go to SureTopRoofing.com. You can finance a roof for 10 years for as little as, you know, mm-hmm. $80, $90 a month, and the warranties for them still go on. So yeah. even after you've paid off the roof, you could have 40 years of warranty still yep. on it. Can't do that with a car or anything. Uh, again, if you want to go to SureTopRoofing.com, you can get the information there. And remember a couple of years ago when stimulus checks were coming in, mm-hmm. we were spending some of it, and we were saving the yet yep. rest of it, and we had these big, fat 
bank accounts and our savings. Yep. Not anymore, right? Right. And I thought it was really interesting that that this guy came out with this information this week and basically our savings rate are at a record low. And um, I encourage everybody to fact check that because I won't call him by name, but one of our political leaders, and I'm doing my quotations again over here, uh, he basically got on camera this week and he said that savings account accounts are at an all-time high. And yeah. that's just not true. But, you know, most folks don't take the time to dig in and see uh, what that's all about. But um, his prediction is those people that actually have cash on hand are going to be the only folks to benefit in about six months to a year. We're in a storm. You got to ride it out. Yep. You, well, you can't really do anything, right? Um, you You can prepare yourself. You can position yourself uh, that when this hits, if you are sitting on a little bit of cash or if you have some sort of leverage, I, I would encourage everybody uh, just to know what that leverage is. So, you know, you can basically find out uh, what you can pull with your home equity or what, mm-hmm. you know, where you can pull money from. Because um, if this guy, uh, if what this guy says holds true, then there are going to be some opportunities out there. And we're always big on, you know, buy, uh, buy, renovate, rent or buy, renovate, flip. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, if that was ever something that you thought about getting into, it hasn't been a really good environment for that the last couple of years. But I do feel like there is going to be several opportunities. And there are folks like the Andrews and the Polites that yeah. that are all over that type thing. But I just think the average Joe could find an opportunity more so than he could this time last year. There's always an opportunity in a down market yep. to make money. Right. Uh, another note there, if you're thinking about that and you want to do something to be proactive, you know, go ahead and uh, get your contractors in place. If you don't know construction folks, you know, try to try to get lined up with someone who can do a little bit of everything. You know, primarily we do just the exterior. I have all the in-house folks to do roofing, siding, framing. And uh, when it gets to the interior, though, you know, it's always good to know a good plumber, have a good electrician on hand. And of course, heating and air. Yeah, there you go. They make good money. I'll say my electricians won't like this, but they're pretty much my highest paid sub. And um, but they get paid for what they know. Yeah, exactly. You said shocking. Yes. Nice. Um, You're welcome. Maybe go ahead and get in cahoots with a uh, supply house, meaning, uh, you know, you're going to need building supplies if this ever happens and go ahead and get your account. It takes, you know, weeks sometimes to set up account accounts at places. But if you live near a building supply place and you think that would be convenient and uh, you're looking to maybe buy a house somewhere within a 10, 15 mile radius, you know, it's really good to have a building supply company that you can call on once you make a move. Great information right there. And thanks for joining the Carolina Contractor Show. If you want to get more information about what we talked about today, go to the website, thecarolinacontractor.com. And of course, it's at this time I, I mentioned about Ask the Contractor. And next week, we're doing nothing but questions that you ask Donnie, the general contractor. So go ahead. You have a question about your house, the inside, the outside, up, down. It doesn't matter. We want to know what it is. And then we're going to do next week's show nothing but those questions. So hit the website, thecarolinacontractor.com, and I hope you had a great Father's Day weekend. Thanks for tuning in to the Carolina Contractor Show. Visit thecarolinacontractor.com.